do what you want. You don't even have to come on if your manager wants you to come on. And you can do a big interview with Pierce Morgan because you're a special player. But, you know, these Brazilian players that you might know too well and the manager's getting involved, oh, that's a disgrace. There is some talk that Ronaldo might not even start. Portuguese manager suggesting that he wasn't happy with his, his reaction to being substituted. That's not very professional. I thought he was a top pro. I thought he was a well, top pro. this is it. Roy Keane. Roy Keane's told me this. Japan fall on their swords, Brazil dish out a samba beating, and the men from Morocco hope today could be the beginning of a beautiful journey in the knockout stages. But we begin today with what's become the biggest story of the last 16, which is Roy Keane's reaction to a particular moment on any given day. His non-reaction to, well, Gary Neville and Ian Wright celebrated an England goal went viral, and last night he wasn't happy about Brazil's celebrations in their 4-1 win over South Korea. Let's hear what he had to say. I think that's really disrespecting the opposition. Well, because it's 4 0, because they're doing it every time. It's 4 and they're doing it every time. I don't mind the, the first kind of jig, whatever they're doing. It's the one after that. And then the manager getting involved with it. I, I, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not happy with it. I'm, I, I don't think it's good at all. So, Dan, what's your reaction to Roy Keane's reaction? Well, you know, what was that kind of hula in line that he, he missed uh, Italian 90 because he was in Italy? I mean, am I, am, I missing, am I now missing out an essential part of uh, the World Cup 20 by, by being here, even though Roy Keane is obviously also here, um, but in, in the sort of uh, exclusive corridors reserved for uh, broadcasters. I mean, I mean, first of all, right, the, the Roy Keane video and his reaction to Harry Kane's goal is one of the most stupid viral videos I've ever seen in my entire life because there's literally nothing remarkable about it in any possible way. There's nothing remarkable about it. It's like, uh, panel celebrate goal uh, man not from that country doesn't celebrate the goal but because it's Roy Keane like, this is incredible like we saw Joey and Doe yeah. last week running around the RTE studio while Kenny Cunningham had a look at him I mean if that had been Roy yeah. Keane it would have been look at Roy Keane's uh, unimpressed reaction to Cameroon scoring a goal I think he might have took a note in a professional manner I mean Please, like you know, yeah, that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with his reaction in the in the exactly the kind of no cheering in the no cheering in the press box. That's all he did. Like that's it's it's very it was very preposterous. But then again, like I mean, if it was like you know, uh, Roy Keane eats a sandwich, right? I would condemn the fact it it has a hundred thousand views, but possibly watch him eat the sandwich. You know, I might just click it and look just in case. So like we're we're all complicit in this, right? We're all guilty of it. Uh, His reaction to Brazil, I mean, again. If you heard the Roy Keane given reaction to it, you told me earlier, um, off air, you know, there the was a Roy Keane reaction. At that point, I hadn't, I hadn't heard it. Um, I clicked on it. I wasn't especially surprised by. It. I actually did think when I saw the manager getting involved in the celebrations. I mean, here we go. It's like Keane's yeah. not going to like that. You know, you don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a line that you cross. Um, there's a line that obviously you, you you don't cross here. And like manager, you know, joining celebrations is is too far. Um, but. I don't know what your opinion is. I mean, yeah, I, it's I, look, I think Dietmar Haman had a similar kind of reaction to Keane on it. And like, look, I don't necessarily think it's Keane's fault. And that is, I think his reaction was genuine. And it's kind of funny that a guy who seems so withering on social media is now so popular on it, I guess. Like, I suppose in practical terms as well, from an Irish perspective, there's an awful lot of people who can't get ITV in Ireland. So, you know, those pieces in Ireland where you can't get to see him, it's a bit of a throwback to the, you know, Brady, Giles, Dunphy era with Bill O'Hurley, obviously, as well, in there kind of mixing it all up where the the panel discussion was kind of entertainment rather than necessarily analysis. And they came out with some mad stuff over the years, as we all know. And it's a little bit of a throwback to that. And like for good or for bad, that entertainment side of it has kind of 
gone out of it a bit. Now, now um, Kane, you know, the row with Sunas seemed to be genuine enough. Like, I don't necessarily think they're hamming these things up. It's just the way no. he is. And that's why, that's why, be it Sky Sports, be it ITV, I'm sure if he'd be on RTE if they could, you know, if they'd pay him enough, I'm sure they, I'm sure he'd be on RTE We'd as well. We'd all put so, a bit towards our licence fee for that, would we? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I'd say a tenor, a tenor increase in the licence fee and you can have Roy Keane, you know, every time there's a Champions League match or an Ireland match, I think would would be quite good value actually. But, you know, it's, it is, it's a phenomenal thing. And I mean, Mark Ogden spoke about this the other day in terms of the traffic that Messi and Ronaldo and Neymar generate for ESPN worldwide. You know, from an Irish website point of view, even a, a British website point of view, like the the Roy Keane React stories are, they're a phenomenon in and of themselves. And people are interested. That's like the audience is interested. So like, there's not a, it's not a, like a blame thing or anything like that. It's it's just, it's really interesting within the, I mean, I used to write a column on Monday and you could say, you could dissect Everton's defense with, you know, a, a better, uh, you could actually, you know, you could you put something together that is actually would be better than an Everton manager put together. It'd take you hours to do it, and nobody would read it. And you'd say, or else you could say, Roy Keane is X or Y, and you get loads of people reading it. And it's just one of those things. It's, it's sort of one of these kind of things that just perpetuates itself. Oh, on, on, listen, the, on the yeah. issue itself, Dan. Like, <laughs> yeah, what like did you think on the issue out. itself. Go on, sorry. Like, you were, we're broadening out into a wider thesis on media here, which is just like uh, just fascinating. I just want to say before we move on to the incident itself. Mm-hmm. But, like, isn't it amazing that Roy Keane spent a good... Like, Roy Keane's been out of work as a, a full-time manager since, uh, what, Ipswich in uh, 2011. And I know he did, like, major mm-hmm. tournaments with IGV and stuff. Uh, very, but isn't it amazing he spent that long not as a pundit? You know what I mean? Like, it's a, sort of yeah. where he is now. It's extraordinary. He hasn't been there uh, all of the time. And maybe it feels like he, he has been in some way. What did I think of the incident? I mean, oh, like... Again, I mean, we, there, there's things that we'll celebrate in life, like, you know, the, the Argentina celebrations I spoke about yesterday, yeah, it looks a little bit, you know, draining um, when, you know, when they win a game and it, it takes a lot out of them, but it's also part of the joy, it's, it's part of their identity, it's what they do, you know, like, mm-hmm. Brazil team enjoying themselves, like, major tournaments are a bit of a slog, you know, people don't always get on, Joaquin might be aware yeah. of that. Um, you know, if if a team are sort of getting on with each other and, and even their manager, um, it's probably not a bad thing. You know, it's not a sign of ill health in any way. I mean, the Bellingham Henderson celebration, a bit more aggressive, maybe in its tone. Yeah. But it was still a little bit, you know, Jude Bellingham's tweeting about put some respect on Jordan Henderson's name. Like, I mean, is the social media stuff, is that just a slightly, is that better then rather than just doing it on the pitch? I know the point is like it's disrespectful to South Korea in some way. They didn't seem particularly yeah. disrespected by it um, afterwards. No, but I, I do wonder, like I, I went back and looked at the, the Brazil 7-1 hammering against Germany in 2014 when it was 5-0 after half an hour. And by the end, by the time the fifth and sixth and seventh goals went in, Germany were celebrating in a way that, you know, the big team in a preseason friendly does when they're destroying an opposition where the skull score sort of, apologetically kind of puts his hand up and one player runs over kind of clapping his hands and pats him on the back. Like I do wonder whether, you know, had Thomas Muller run over to Yogi Love and started doing a little jig with him, you know, how would, would David Luiz thought, thought it was a great freedom of expression or would Philippe Scolari have said nothing and just watched it? Like it's, it, it, it is a, 
it is one of those things that depending on the opposition you play against, like I, I would expect if they were four up against Croatia and were jumping around the place at half time, that the first tackle in the second half might be quite a hard one. I take your point, right? But I, I mean, the thing with twenty fourteen game, uh, and I was very fortunate to be there. It was in Brazil's gaff. It was in their house. You know, if Germany had were six 0 up at home to Brazil, I think they possibly would have celebrated those goals with more fervor. It was more, what have you done here? Like you've you've come in, you've taken everything from us. You've taken our TV. You've taken you know, all of our possessions, and now you're like celebrating on the way out. Like there came there came a point where they just decided they had to leave it. So uh, I'm not sure that's an exact comparison. Like I mean, the Brazil games here are pretty much a home game for them, and mm-hmm. uh, the stadiums like are sort of uh, looking for sort of a little bit of magic from them. Like I mean, this is it. Like I mean, I had my own I had my own personal story in this game where I decided to travel during the first half so I'd see the second half because the previous Brazil games had been scoreless at half time. And they turn it on in the second half. I'm pretty sure I said in this show yesterday, I can't see Brazil doing a three 0 I was right. They scored yeah, four. You were so <laughs> so. Like the 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 point is that like you know it, there was this sort of carnival stuff towards the end of the what was the game I was at the the Switzerland one where uh, Vinicius was doing little tricks and skills and stuff. Yeah, like that's just how they express themselves. You know, I I yeah. don't I just can't. I just can't get angry about this. Like, I just try and think very hard about how this might be bad. I know, like, you know, Keen, like, Keen obviously would be irate about that, but like, Keen would be more bothered than that, right? Be more bothered than that than Cristiano Ronaldo refusing to come on uh, for Ayrton Hag, which is apparently mm. fine because um, he's a top player and he can get away with it. Like, here's the here's the Roy Keen vortex here. What if um, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, if, if Portugal somehow end up 3-0 against Switzerland uh, tonight and Ronaldo does a sort of an over-the-top celebration at 3-0 or 4-0 because Ronaldo, of course, is a big fan of the team ethic celebration. Um, you know, what will he do if they go 3-4-0 or up? Will he sort of uh, do something personal? Of course he will, but it's okay because he pays full respect to Roy Keane because he's a legend. Like, a man's going to have a code, right? Uh, and yeah. this is obviously the code uh, that if you're obviously in Roy Keane's well disposed towards you. You're a bit of a legend that likes Roy Keane. You can do what you want. Don't even have to come on if your manager wants you to come on. And you can do a big interview with Pierce Morgan and because you're a special player. Um, but you know these Brazilian players that you might know too well and the manager's getting involved, oh, that's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah. There is some talk that Ronaldo might not even start. Uh, it, it, we're getting big into reactions here, but... Uh, Portuguese manager suggesting that he wasn't happy with his his reaction to being substituted. That's not very professional. The, I thought he was a top pro. Game. I thought he was a well, top pro. This is it. Roy Keane. Will. Roy Keane's told me this. He's a top pro. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can't have inappropriate stuff going on on the sideline here. Um, but Ronaldo's a top player, so he can get away with it. It's fine. Yeah, we'll come on to Portugal later on. The game itself, Brazil. I mean, look, the game was over while you were on the bus, I guess. Um, Allison made some good saves. So Korea, you know put themselves you know won the second half as they say in, in these things for what it's worth it's very difficult to read anything into it other than how i guess how ruthless brazil were in the first half setting up a game against uh croatia who were a little bit less than ruthless you might say in, against japan in the game you're at yeah no that's it i mean i wish i wish i wish korea had parked the bus for a bit longer uh <laughs> but yeah I, I i i've seen the goals right i mean i've, I've seen them in full flight like 
I mean, I said it. I mean, I said it on the show. I didn't see them doing this. You know, I didn't think they would open up that way, and they did. And um, from what I've seen, you know, like I mean, look, even Rafinha looked like he was exceptional as well. It looked like it wasn't just mm-hmm. um, now. Okay, like South Korea, we did suspect. Okay, they sort of got a little bit of a backdoor route into the round of sixteen. Uh, maybe on form, like I think it would have been a different game with Uruguay, as you sort of suggested. Maybe even Ghana. Yeah. Um, but uh, like I mean, Neymar is back. They seem to want to keep him on for as long as possible as well. So like that's obviously a sign that they must feel. You know, they want to give him as you know, getting the minutes under him. So they have a sort of the strong front four there going on. Um, yeah, I mean, like it, it looks pretty good um, from their perspective. I'd have to fancy them to beat Croatia on the strength of what I've seen today. Um, yeah. Uh, Japan just ran out of steam a bit. I think, like, I think uh, we possibly both thought that if the game went further, Japan would get stronger. But to be fair, I don't think that was the case. Um, I think no, Croatia, no, it wasn't. Croatia's sort of experience in certain situations, even if they took Modric off, I was writing about Modric, um, and took off Kovacic, Brozovic, very good, and he's really underrated. I like him. He's, he was excellent in the last World Cup as well. Um, but they just managed to uh, maintain a degree of control as the game went on, and wouldn't have been a scandal if they'd if they'd won it. Um, but you can obviously see ways. Like I mean, Japan did unsettle them early on. Like the, you yeah. know, they, they they sort of ran ran around them a little bit, and even Modric was under a bit of pressure. And you can just see Brazil getting on top of it. I know it's dangerous to sort of write off Croatia, you know, it's it's difficult because yeah. they you know the last tournament like they they got better as it went along almost. Like I mean they scrambled past uh, Denmark in the round of sixteen that time on penalties, beat Russia on penalties, but then the England performance was actually, you know, really good. Um I know they'd beaten Argentina in the groups like but I yes, guess yeah. I guess what I'm saying is that um I just can't see on the form book how on the strength of today that you could fancy Croatia. No, no, it's very difficult to see. The, the funny thing was that they they had, as you said, they actually started exerting control. I guess, look, we both thought that the, the changes that, the, that, Japan, that Japan would make would help them kind of run Croatia into the ground effectively. There's the old expression, the ball doesn't get tired. And I think that Croatia used that very well, where they, they did keep possession and, and got themselves a foothold in the game. The, the, the timing of their goal as well was just the, the boost that they needed. Look, as you said, they, they, they could have... They, you know, they could have they could have won it in ninety minutes. Could have won it in one hundred and twenty. But it's it's hard to see them having, you know, that element of control on the ball against Brazil. But equally hard to see them how they're going to cope with the various attacking threats that Brazil have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I mean, Gerardial is is the good player. Um, the fullbacks, Juranovic, Barisic. I think he can cause them problems. Like. Um, uh, and Brazil will, I think, like they'll they'll fancy themselves in in those scenarios. I suppose the thing is, like, I mean, Allison did make some big saves. I know, I know there's a slightly contrarian yeah. view around Brazil that, um, you know, Allison sort of at key times kept the minute from. And again, I I'm not going to claim that I saw the whole 45 minutes. I've told my story, but um, I I still I, I that's a little bit like um, you know, the golfer who gets in off his round. 
and sort of says, oh, you know, my score today was like one under, but I, I missed like three putts I should have got, you know, uh, should have been four under. Forgets to mention yeah. all the luck they had to be one under. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, like Alison made three saves. I would have been four three then. What are, you know, a four all. Like, well, yeah. no. I mean, the pattern of play dictates uh, chances that are created. And uh, I think a, a team scoring four goals uh, in, in one half uh, successfully sort of knifing through a team that number of times uh, has established a degree of dominance. But I think in the context of the tournament, right, and the, the games that we're looking at, um, it's great that actually all the teams have a little bit of a question mark around them. Like even the ones yeah. that have, like France, England, Brazil, um, even Holland to an extent, you know, um, you, you, we all were saying about all of them, uh, Argentina as well, uh, you know, teams can get at them. You know, you like, of course you can. Like they're, they're given the way opportunities, they're not flawless. It's actually like, you know, where's the best defense here? Like where's the whole back four? Even, okay, France, you know, but then they've, They've conceded in a, in every game they've played, um, yeah. Albeit a late penalty against uh, Poland, but so like that's that's the joy of of the sort of heavyweight quarterfinals that are building up. That um, you have that little Brazil are like yeah they look good, but that little niggle is there to give you belief and encouragement. Even if you know Croatia, I'm sure will 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 seize on that. And, and in fairness, they do have the players to like you know pick a pass and and you know, pick up positions. I mean Perisic's major tournament record is exceptional. Um, so you can you can yeah, find like, an angle there to support absolutely, the and even like today's games, Spain were twenty minutes from going out if Costa Rica had held on. And today they play Morocco, and the feeling was that Spain were better off finishing second in that group, so as they could get this fixture rather than facing Croatia. And we had a brief chat with Cape Verde defender Pico Lopez about the threat that the African side could pose to them today. Morocco, Spain. I mean, Morocco would kind of been just really under the radar so far in the tournament where, you know, the focus was all on Belgium and obviously they beat them, but the focus was on, you know, Belgium, Croatia, Morocco obviously topped that group. Spain lost to Japan, drew with Germany. Like, if you like, on form in the tournament, Morocco are, you know, arguably have a momentum there that Spain don't. See, how, do you, how do you see their chances? I think they have a good chance. Uh, I think that... Probably as good as anyone. Um, again, look, Spain looked looked really good against Costa Rica, didn't they? And um, uh-huh. I thought they were really good against Germany as well. And probably just like lacked that sort of killer instincts or rootlessness to, to finish off the game. And again, in, in Japan game, like obviously being being turned over like that. Um, I think Morocco will be very strong. I think what we'll find as well, I say, you know, the group is finished. Teams will have to go and try and win the game. Uh, there's not another game to save them that's going on at the same time. It's it's knockout. It's 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 why we love it. So uh, I think we'll see attacking sides from from Morocco from on that they'll have to get something out of the game if they want to progress. Obviously, Spain will will, will dominate the ball. They look to dominate the ball, and if they it depends what they play with, they play with number nine, would they play with a false nine? Um, they showed they showed they can get goals uh, falls against Costa Rica. But they also showed they, uh-huh. they have that they haven't got that rootlessness when they need it. So it's a really interesting toy. I probably fancy Spain, but I wouldn't write uh, Morocco off a lot. Yeah, the Moroccan support will likely be probably outnumber Spain as well. That might make a bit of a maybe make it feel like a bit of a home game for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, the support is going to be huge over there in the stadium. And uh, I think as well, as you said, they have that little bit of form. So the confidence would be high. They'll probably back themselves to, to nick a win uh, against Spain. And uh, look, we've seen some uh, upsets already in the, in the group stages. Like, what's to say there won't be another one in the knockout stages? Absolutely. Pico, that's been great. Thanks very much for joining us and we'll hopefully speak to you again later in the tournament. 
Brilliant. Thanks very much, Aidan. So, Dan, do you see it being similarly one-sided to some of the games that has been so far, or do you think Morocco... Morocco have been kind of unheralded, really, in, in, in this tournament so far against, you know, coming in against Spain. They're coming in a little bit under the radar. They, they've got some... As you related to the other day, they've got some good players in their ranks. Yeah, and I, I, you know what? I'd say it's one of those where they're probably coming in the radar, in the con- coming under the radar in the context of, I suppose, uh, you know, someone at home has been consuming all the games on TV. It doesn't quite feel that way out here because they've been such a big story. You know, there's been a real buzz around Morocco and, and their fans and their games. And I think it, it feels like a, a bigger game here, Morocco v Spain, than it might do for someone looking at the TV schedule at home, if you know what I mean. And I can yeah. completely understand that. But, like, I was just struck by this, like, when I was at the first Morocco game. I just, like, looking at the squad list of their players. I made this point before, but you've got, like, Hakimi from PSG, Masri from Bayern, and, like, that's your fullbacks. Okay, you got Roman Seuss there. I know he's he was at Wolves. He's Bazikas now. Um, what, Aguard from West Ham. Then you go for, okay, either side, you got Ziyech, and uh, Buffal on the other side. He's playing in France, but probably well-known from his time at Southampton. Um, and Nesri from Sevilla as well. I mean, he looks through, like, the again, you know, players in sort of Fiorentina, Sampdoria, um, like, you know, a couple of clubs in England and Spain as well, the other players. Like, they, they, they're playing at a good level, and they're a yeah. good unit. Now, I have two feelings about this game. Like, one, that it's going to be like in a, a great contest with Morocco. Like Morocco would be the favourites as in the home crowd, right? Like Morocco are going to be yeah. like a home game for them. Um, like, you know, the, the lack of travel from the, the European teams is a big talking point. And, uh, you know, Spain traditionally don't bring money anyway, the same as France. And they're not getting the neutral support here that Brazil and Argentina, actually England are picking up possibly a bit of it, um, but, but, they're, but they're not. Um, so there's two things that happen. One, like Morocco just completely are like a, almost look at like Japan against Spain and they try and bring that from yeah. the start and the alternative scenario is that Spain just strangled the life out of it and they do it way more efficiently than they did against Japan in the sense that <clears throat> that's a little bit of a wake-up call for them that they use the quality they have to get ahead and they just manage it a whole lot better and try and sort of kill it but the thing about Spain is like and why I think it's such an interesting game I'm talking about Spain there right just like again, applying characteristics to a team and to a nation, right? But, like, they are humans, like, and you're looking at, like, 19-year-olds, you know, to do that. Yeah. And looking for, say, Pedri and Gavi and Dani Almo to, to do a Spain 2010 job, like, yes, they may be, they may have the attributes to do that, but actually doing it is just a, another thing, you know? And, yeah. uh, like, Morocco have a little bit more, like, the profile of their players is, is, is slightly older, you know, in in sort of certain in certain positions, so they've sort of, you know, they've been around the block a bit. So it's not set in stone this one for me. I don't know what you think. No, no. I mean, you see the likes of Guardiola today, like young player, and Rio Ferdinand was describing that in during the half time in the game, saying like he looked like a young player in the game. There's certain things that he was trying to do. Almost, he was almost trying to do it too much, and mm. I guess that's the danger with with some of the, the younger Spanish players. Look, you feel like a bit of a football charlatan when you're out in Spain sometimes where you can almost feel like you're going to get cancelled if you kind of, you know, 
pipe up and say, well, sorry, they only got four points out of the group and they were 20 minutes from going out. You know, they hammered Costa Rica. They drew with Germany and I have to say I thought it was relatively even and they lost to Japan. So they haven't been massively impressive, in my opinion. There is a feeling, though, as you said, that little wake-up call, that a couple of teams have had it this in this tournament where, you know, Argentina against Saudi Arabia switched off for a few minutes, found themselves conceding a couple of goals, Spain against Japan, Germany against Japan. When it gets to this knockout stage, I think that wake-up call is going to be big for them today. I, like, I do fancy them to sneak it maybe 2-1, but I think today should hopefully be the closest fought of the of the four days of the last 16. And at this game in particular, with the atmosphere that's likely to be there, that it's going to be a great test for Spain. Um, but I think it's one they might just come through. How about yourself? I do fancy them to do it narrowly. I have to say, um, <clears throat> that's probably my feeling about what will happen. But uh, I, I'd enjoy the other scenario. But I think it might just be Spain to do it. again. I think if like <clears throat> if this is the price we have to pay for the round of sixteen you know, to get the quarterfinals, we might want. Then so be it. Now the other game, yeah. we have the Portugal Switzerland situation here, yeah. um, where I think you, you'd like your Spain Portugal clash, but. I wouldn't be ruling out the Swiss either. Um, I mean, I, I think sorry, that's not really an original point. I think a lot of people probably do respect Switzerland now. Like, I think I think you have to. I, I, do you know what I mean? I don't think they're dismissed. Yeah, in, they're dismissed in the way that they would have been maybe a year or two ago. Um, and I'd have this tie very fifty-fifty. Uh, I don't know yeah. what I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah same. I mean, like the, the Fernando Sancho was the Portuguese manager. He was talking about the the incident with Ronaldo coming off and he said like I'm just quoting here I saw the images I didn't like it not at all I really didn't like it and he suggested that um you know he's, he doesn't tell the te- players the team until they get to the ground and that could be the same thing and this has been kind of interpreted that Ronaldo might not start that seems a very big stretch I'm not sure he'd be brave enough to do mm. that so with him starting you know he doesn't have anything to prove or anything but again it, it just it's a story about him potentially in a story with a chance to play against Spain and just keep going with this phenomenal record he has. I think Switzerland would be very good. As I said, I thought Serbia would be the, the dark horse out of the competition. I thought whoever came out of that Brazil group with Brazil would be a big threat. And I think an extra time on this one, maybe with Portugal an extra time, That's that'd be kind of the way I'd be, I'd be looking at it. Yeah, I mean... I still probably do have a slight, slight preference for Portugal on balance. Um, like the, the the irony is about it is like that they. I think Mark Ogden actually made the point that like it was one of the reasons he fancied Portugal is that in a way when you take Ronaldo out of the way, um, like they they potentially have a very exciting team there, you know. And and he still like he still right he still got a fair bit to offer, right? But. I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, Joao Felix has been in decent form here. Rafael Leao as well from Milan. Uh, and then you've got Bruno who's been decent, Bernardo Silva. And like, you're just talking about, um, uh, you know, whatever options they go for in the sort of deeper line positions as well. Like it's a pretty good team. It's, and maybe it's more of a, a knockout side that just has the ability to sort of settle knockout mm-hmm. ties with these, uh, with these players. Um, these and moments, Ronaldo, a bit like the way England did, yeah. yeah. They can produce moments of, yeah. 
it's been a sort of a tournament for those teams that produce moments in a way. Um, like in terms of how it's even panned out, like even like Sun bringing South Korea through the group stages, there's been moments like involving a lot of these bigger players, and I think, um maybe Portugal have more of them in their ranks. And, and in some ways, like the Ronaldo noise and, and Santos talking about it today, like, just, I don't know, is it kind of be a good distraction for some of the other players too? I don't know. Like, you know, they, they like he absorbs a certain amount of it. Now I'd be very skeptical about him in general, but maybe that's the glass half full taking the whole thing that, that there's this Ronaldo noise going on, but Portugal, the team actually, I think they're, they're overall, the overall manner in which they dealt with the Uruguay game was decent, like better than I thought they would yeah. be in the competition. And if they can probably bring that again, um, as much as there was a bit of VAR help towards the end of that game, maybe Portugal in 90. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a lot of uh, consensus in these predictions. Are we also, the fact you may not know it has been over in Qatar, but both games are on ITV today. So that probably means we're looking at a prediction of a Roy Keane reacting to something Ronaldo related that, Sort of might break yeah. the internet completely if it's Roy Keane and Ronaldo. Uh, well, he'd just be saying he's a top pro. I don't. I honestly don't think like I don't. I don't think there's any scenario uh, where like he's going to get great because I think Roy Keane just sees a little bit of uh, himself in Ronaldo in a sort of a fractious departure when uh, your your time at a club comes to an end. I think he identifies with Ronaldo. I mean, I know I've been a bit facetious about it earlier on, but. I do think there's that's that's where a big element of it comes from. You know, it's it's uh, mm-hmm. you can meet someone on a level and like Sunes, they all sort of um, they all sort of melt for Ronaldo a bit because they sort of recognise a little bit of his swagger, and even if they their swagger was carried in a slightly different way, you know, it yeah. was sort of they they meted it out in a slightly different way. Um, but I mean, yeah, Keane and Ronaldo will be fine. I mean, what what's the you know, Morocco, Spain. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what 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 could happen. I mean, like if if the Moroccans score a goal and, and have the temerity to like maybe celebrate it, um, and don't go through. We know what's coming. Particular style of dance or something that might yeah. happen. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, thanks for joining us in, in the World Cup. Watch us on YouTube or Independent.ie. Our subscriber wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks.